Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's insight assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Girls Talking Boys in partnership, as always, with SB Nation. I am Meg Murray, and today we are ending our regular season the way we started it. I've got John Mishota here from The Athletic. Hey, John. Hello, Megan. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? Um, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for some playoff football. Yeah, I think that's the sentiment around the building. Um, you know, there, there aren't going to be a lot of guys playing this week. Uh, we got COVID outages today um, with Anthony Brown, uh, Micah Parsons, Tyron Smith are the big names. And we have Diggs and uh, Wilson with question, that are questionable with undisclosed illnesses. Yeah. Yeah, it's good times around the star. Um, I don't know. I just, I guess... I, I just look at the Eagles have, I don't know, it was like 10 to 12 guys on, on their COVID list. It just kind of, this is the time of year when this stuff happens. It just, you kind of, it gets you thinking all of a sudden the next week and it's like, well, what guys could potentially miss, you know, a, a playoff game because of something like this. I, I, I will say Mike McCarthy said today that, you know, even if there's somebody that, that tests positive up till Saturday, um, they feel pretty confident that a player would be able to come back in time for the following week's playoff game. But, you know, I think that all of next week, it's just going to be kind of sitting there, you know, every day, like, is there anybody new on the COVID list? I think I'm going to be sitting waiting for you to report and tell me if I need to freak out or not. So that'll be super fun for all of us. I mean, the, the key, the main one, obviously, is Dak Prescott. You know, he hasn't tested positive all season, and he would be the one that, you know, if you were to lose your, your starting quarterback for any game. And I understand Cooper Rush came in and was able to get a, a win against Minnesota, but uh, just seeing how the Cowboys played against the Cardinals, I just don't see how they would be able to get a win uh, without Dak Prescott. So from in talking to him a couple of days ago, it certainly seems like he's uh, – trying to keep a low profile and stay home and things like that. But, uh, you know, just like anything else, there's only so much you can do. Oh, yeah. Like living your life is very fun and stuff to do. Um, but when you are the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys going into a playoff week where you do have the potential to make a Super Bowl run, um, I feel like my guy, he's been staying away. He hasn't been going to those Mavs games like everybody else. He's been <laughs> hanging out at the house. <laughs> Man, you go to a Mavs game and you sit courtside and you're not wearing a mask. And I and I tweet out a picture of it. Man, Twitter gets real angry about that. I I, I learned that the last couple of Mavs games with uh, Amari Cooper. And well, actually, you know what it was? It was the Mavs game uh, the other night, and then it was the uh, the Cotton Bowl with Amari and uh, Trayvon Diggs being on the sidelines. 
Yep. Um, I think the, the glaring one is that Micah has now tested positive after being at the, uh, the game the other day, but who knows? We're, ex- I feel like everyone's exposed to it every day. It is what it is. So, you know, you just do your best to be safe. For sure. For sure. Um, and I mean, it is interesting that I can't, I can't give you the exact number of teams that have a, um, hotel that connects directly to the practice facility. Obviously the Cowboys are one. And Mike McCarthy said that they've made it available to all the players that if they want to stay there and, and kind of quarantine, uh, Mike McCarthy did that right after, uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, he ended up getting COVID and there, you know, he wanted to get away from family members and things like that. And he ended up staying at the hotel, uh, that connects with the, with the practice facility. So they do have a unique situation that if you do want to stay there and stay away from family and that during the playoffs, They'll make that available to you. I just don't know how many guys really want to do that at this point. Yeah, it's, I think it's not necessarily even a want thing, but it's almost like a should we just all buckle down and like band together and do this? Or like, is this going to be any sort of wake up call getting these like really important guys that are going to miss a game? Granted, it's not an, not an important game, but we'll see what they end up doing. I'm interested. <laughs> Yeah. And then there's always a side of that fans are always going to think that, and, and this, and, and this remains to be seen how it goes in the next few weeks, but for the last few weeks with how many cases have come out, if all of a sudden we get into playoff weeks and no cases are being reported, it's going to be kind of hard to believe that it's because they're just, nobody's, nobody has getting COVID. I mean, I'm interested to see how it goes in the playoffs. Are, are there going to be different? The only reason I say this is because the NFL changed kind of the, to the way the testing went. And so I, I anticipate that guys will still have to test, especially if you don't feel good, but um, that remains to be seen during a playoff week. I, I'm, I'm interested to see how many of these cases end up impacting playoff games. I mean, there might not be a lot. I don't know. Well, and you know that if like one team doesn't really get any tests positive and like the Cowboys get a couple, like it's a conspiracy. So it's a, it's going to be a whole. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it, if it isn't that Meg, you know, it's the ref. So it'll be, it'll be something. They're always coming after us, you know? (laughs) (laughs) All right, but, okay, so we do have someone coming back that I find um, interesting. Blake Jarwin has entered the practice window. Um, I don't know that he will be playing on Saturday, given that I believe his window just started the other day. But um, I'm already thinking playoffs. Like, I'm kind of skipping over this game. We'll get back to it. But um, how do you see him getting used in tandem with Schultz? Yeah, I, I mean, that's going to be huge for them. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy mentioned earlier in the week that, you know, Jarwin was really getting close and that he could potentially even play in this game. And and again today, he repeated the same stuff that, you know, he just he's, he's making a lot more prog- progress than I think even Mike McCarthy thought. So they'll do a lot more 12 personnel with two tight ends, and, and that'll, that'll clearly be a benefit for them. When uh, Mike McCarthy was talking about it on our Zoom this morning, I was just curious. So I'm like, I'll just look up what were they when Blake Jarwin played, and, and when Blake Jarwin's been in the lineup, they're six and one this year. You know, it's kind of like the, you know, Michael Gallup goes down, but it's you know when Cedric Wilson was was put into the starting lineup, I mean they were six and one. Like I mean, there, yeah, there's always going to be injuries and things like that, but this team has won uh, with with you know without Michael Gallup, they've won with missing key pieces in that. So to be getting Blake Jarwin back is is huge. You know, the, the thing is though you'd really like it if one of these tight ends were a better blocker. That's, that's the issue you get with Schultz and Jarwin. Neither of them are great blockers. And, you know, that's been on display, especially recently. 
Um, and, and, and Jarwin coming back that that's not going to, you know, improve that significantly. I mean, they're good pass catchers, so that can open up more stuff in the offense, but I just don't think having them both back is all of a sudden going to fix the running game. Yeah. I think that the other conspiracy, I love, you know, listening to conspiracies that all the Cowboys fans have myself included. Um, (laughs) I feel like the big one is, um, just, I actually lost my train of thought right there. I'll get back to it. Don't mind me. Oh, no, no. You know what this reminds No, honestly, you know what that reminds me of? We always joke around about this. Zeke does that all the time. When, when we're on these Zoom calls like this, the same as Zeke al- he always, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He always, there will always be like one question. He'll be like, start that over again. What did you say? I forgot what I was going to say. Start that over again. Well, then I just started. <laughs> but he has a good time. He's, he's like, it's always funny. Through my head at once. It was fantastic. Um. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot. I just, I just, I find it hard to believe that the refs, obviously that's the most popular one would be against the the biggest brand in sports, uh, (laughs) a team that it's so much better for the NFL if they win. Uh, You know, I just, for them to get together and be like, have this conspiracy of like, let's keep the Cowboys at a Super Bowl. Okay. I can understand doing that most years if if you don't like them or something, but like they haven't been at Super Bowl since 1995. Like at what point are you like, ah, just give them one. I just, it's hard to believe, you know, that it, it was it was interesting early in the year talking to Mike McCarthy. He talked about certain times where he felt that way in Green Bay, and I'm just kind of like, Mike, it, like I just can't see that the NFL is against Green Bay and against the Cowboys. Like it just that those are two of their best brands, you know. So I just feel like every team kind of feels that way that that the refs are out to get them. But because of the way these games have been officiated this year, I, I, myself as a reporter, I feel like more than ever. I have to do research on whatever crew they get in the playoffs and you know what they did earlier in the year when they had that crew and what the penalties were like and things like that, because, you know, I mean, here's the thing. It's like, it's not like it's just one or two crews that are, that are out to get the Cowboys. The Cowboys are uh, as penalized as much as anybody. I think they actually are the most penalized team in the NFL. So um, yeah, obviously there's something on on their side as well that needs to be cleaned up. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, okay. So I will just, point out that Gene Steratore did uh, leave me a cameo for my 30th birthday per Dave Hellman. And he did say that uh, Des caught it if the rules were like they are today. And I was like, here's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. That doesn't help. That doesn't help now, Gene. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You can take your index cards and scram. <laughs> <laughs> How much was that? I, I, you'll have to ask Dave that it just uh, showed up on my Twitter timeline on my birthday. And I was like, what? Is okay. This? <laughs> I think it's too expensive to get him to, he was like wearing a really like tight shirt. I think it might've been a white beater, but you know, I, I, I saw it. I just am always interested in that. Like one day, I think I spent like a half hour going through cameo, just looking at like how much some people were charging, you know, cause you start comparing it to other people and be like, how is this person charging this? And then this person over here is charging $350. Like trying to think who was like the most, like Brett Favre was pretty expensive. It was like in like, I want to say five, $600 range. There were some other people that were up there like that, but there was just like some random ones that I was just like, like, I don't know. I'm going to be wrong on this, but I'm just using it as an example. Like a Joe Buck would, it was like in the hundreds or something like that. I'm just like, Joe Buck, who? Oh, yeah. why would somebody pay that much for that? But I don't know. It's just, it, it's, right. you can kind of get going down a path. Is that, yeah, well, if the person doesn't really want to do it, then of course you're going to make it pretty expensive, you know, but there's some people that are just really good at it and they'll knock them out and they'll do a bunch of them for like 30, 40 bucks. But there's, I don't know there. I'm not going to 
I'm not going to put anybody on blast, but there's certainly uh, names on there. Where I'm just like, this person's asking for $75. I wouldn't pay $5 for that person to, to record a message, but I guess someone's paying it. Yeah, no chance. <laughs> um, okay, well, I, I never returned back to the conspiracy theory that I had in mind, so I will just continue down this road. Um, we are playing the Eagles this week. Um, I don't think anyone cares as much as the fans on Twitter care about this game. Um, but it seems that we will be starting um, our starting lineup, um, at least for so long. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it, it sounded it sounded pretty good on Monday when Mike McCarthy said that, you know, we're, we're going to play to win. Uh, they were going to play their stars, and Jerry Jones said the same thing on Tuesday, but then now all of a sudden you're losing Tyron Smith. It doesn't look like Trayvon Diggs will probably play. You know, we have, you know, Micah Parsons. Uh, I don't know. It just kind of gets to the point where you're just like, well, how many of these guys are going to leave out there? I've been skeptical the entire time because in talking to uh, the reporters that we have at The Athletic that cover the Eagles, they maintain that they don't believe that they're going to play many of their starters at all. Obviously, they're hit pretty hard by COVID. So I just find it hard to believe that we're going to be going into the fourth quarter and Dak Prescott's still going to be under center. Like, it just, I don't know. It just doesn't make a ton of sense to me. I, I know that they can still improve their playoff seating. It, it's, it's a slight chance, but I mean, it's still possible. I just, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big health person. Like give me the most healthy team and, over the team that's playing the best. Uh, Cause I just think from week to week, it's just so close in, in, in the NFL right now with the way that these playoff teams are matched up. So I would rather uh, have a healthy Dak Prescott going in, into, let's say the Arizona game. Uh, as opposed to one that, you know, you thought needed to play seven, eight series, like play Dak. Like, honestly, the best way to describe it is probably play it like a, a, like the third preseason game where your starters play, like maybe the first quarter, maybe, maybe into the second quarter, something like that, but like Cooper rush and, and Malik Turner and uh, Noah Brown and some of these guys get some of these snaps uh, in the second half, well, you know, more Terrence Steele and Ty Nisecki and some of these other, you know, reserve offensive linemen, let them get work in there. Um, I, I get wanting to start out and, and get some good vibes going because of just how bad things were, and particularly on offense against uh, the Cardinals. But I don't know what kind of great test it is if they're not really playing any of their starters. Do, do you all of a sudden feel great about your offense because you're able to like tear up a, an awful Eagles backups? Like, I don't get, know what you're getting from that. Um, so, I'll be surprised if Dak Prescott's still in the game in the fourth quarter. Oh yeah. I don't believe that he should at all. Um, who's their uh, backup quarterback? Is it Gardner Minshew? Gardner Minshew. Yeah. And and he'll probably be playing it like it's the Super Bowl. So, I mean, yeah, exactly. I was like, he gives no F's. So like, he was just playing in that thing. Now will anyone catch it? I'm sure. <laughs> um, Okay, so I, I believe we're getting people back on at least defense. Do you think I, – I have a hard time, you know, with this game. It's like I, it's that extra game we always get at the end of the year. It either means nothing or it means everything, and currently it means nothing to either of us. Um, but, I mean, we have some, like, defense that is coming back. I believe it's Keanu Neal. Um, right. Yeah. Do you think he'll be able to, you know, cover his side for Micah? And will that really be an issue for us if we're facing backups? Yeah, I mean, I think he'll be fine. And, and Leighton Van Der Esch is coming off of, you know, what it was his best game of the year. Uh, Dan Quinn even said that earlier today that he felt it was his best game of the year. So, you know, that, that'll that be solid. Really, the, I'd say for 
I'd say for Cowboys fans, the, the, the number one person that's going to be worth watching this game is going to be Kelvin Joseph, just because with Anthony Brown on the COVID list, like everybody's been kind of, you know, clamoring for Kelvin Joseph to finally get out there and he's gotten his chances and he's played pretty well. Um, but he hasn't played as much as people were expecting when he was taken in the second round. And this seems like a game where he's going to play a lot, uh, especially if you don't have Diggs and Anthony Brown, regardless of how he's playing, he's going to have to be out there that, you know, there's people get it mixed up with college. Sometimes that there's just like this hundred guys out on the sideline or something like that. Like they're going to have like 50 guys there. Like there's only so many got backups that you're going to have even on the roster. So uh, Kelvin Joseph is definitely the one to keep an eye on. And and for me personally, I need to see something out of these defensive tackles because that was, that was the part against the Cardinals where I was just kind of like, as the game was going on, I'm just like, where's a big play from Osa? Where, where's a big play from Neville Gallimore, Tristan Hill? Like, like there just wasn't much there on the interior of the defensive line. That's going to be a, definitely a spot in this game. I'm going to be watching. Cause it just, it has to be better. Like, I don't really care to see a ton of Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. I know what, I know what they can do. I even, I even feel pretty confident in their backups and Dorrance Armstrong and Terrell Basham, but that interior of the defensive line, I want to see more out of them. And, and obviously if you're a Cowboys fan, you'd like to see Calvin Joseph have a big game because the Cowboys have been very fortunate at, at corner that they've been healthy uh, all season for the most part. So you've had Jordan Lewis, Anthony Brown, Trayvon Diggs out there. Now you got a chance to see Joseph who, uh, you know, this could be the start of him having a, a much bigger role going forward. I've definitely wanted to see more of Kelvin Joseph and I'm excited about that. I'm also just like, I wanted to see him rap at some point during the season and haven't gotten any of it. And I'm upset. <laughs> I know I haven't seen it either. That, that is disappointing. Um, he's an interesting dude. We just, I don't know. We probably get a lot more from him if it was like normal circumstances where we go in the locker yeah. room and, um, cause what would happen is, um, I'm trying to think the best way to describe this. Okay. So like, let's say like on a random Wednesday, when you would first get in the locker room, there'd only be like maybe, you know, a handful of guys even in there because most guys don't really want to just sit at their locker and, and talk to reporters. But Kelvin Joseph seems pretty reporter friendly. So I think he'd be in there for most of the part. Cause like, for an example, like let's say that like on a Wednesday, uh, generally on Wednesdays, like Zeke and, and Trayvon Diggs and some of those guys talk, they'd come in the locker room to talk and then they leave right after their interview things done. They're not going to really hang out there very much longer or stuff like that. Kelvin Joseph comes across to me as the type of player that might hang out the entire time. Um, one of my favorites that used to do that uh, was, and I'm sure you probably remember Jeremy Mincy. He was the best because Jeremy Mincy would, you know, only would he hang out, but like, he would give you like great stuff. Like he would tell you, but I mean, cause at the time he was with the Cowboys, he was a veteran in the league. He had seen so many different things and he just had so many good stories. And so every year at the end of the year, we give out a, uh, we all vote all the reporters to cover the team on like a good guy award. And we gave Jeremy Mincy the good guy award back to back years because he just would <laughs> always be available whenever you needed him. He would always talk. And so that's what sucks about not having the locker room open. You don't get a lot of that stuff. So it's just pretty much who was made available that day. And, and that's pretty much what you got to go off of. So uh, but to, to the original point, I just think Calvin Joseph would have been great in that setting. Cause every time we got a chance to talk to him in training camp or even this year, he's, he's been a really good quote and, and he, and he's not shy about talking to the media. He, and, and you can tell on the field too. He, he's probably one of the bigger trash talkers on the team. Oh, I did. I did, he did the no fly zone, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I really, I wish we would have gotten more out of him. I, I think um, it's kind of really, COVID's really affected y'all's job um, in the way that you are used to making these personal connections with players and there's always new guys coming in and you're kind of lacking that. Has that been really hard for you to like write stories? 
I wouldn't say not, not in, in the writing of stories as much as I would say, um, well, especially for me, because like when I used to be at the morning news, like the morning news has three people covering the team. So you're really trying to, um, you know, split things up. But now with me at the athletic, I just write about whatever I want. So there's always enough stuff to write about. The thing I miss out, the thing I miss the most, if I just can focus in on one, I would say would be Dak Prescott talks differently when he's at the, in front of the podium, um, than when he is just sitting at his locker. And, um, and I understand it because it's like when he's at the podium, he's not just speaking for Dak Prescott. He's speaking as like, he's the leader in the face of the Dallas Cowboys. So he'll joke from time to time, but not nearly as much of like, we got to see him when we'd be in the locker room and he really let his guard down and, and, you know, you could pretty much ask him about anything. And uh, we just don't get those opportunities now because it's like, he goes to the, uh, the podium and then he, and then that's it. Right. When it's over, then he goes right back in the facility and we can't talk to him anymore. I don't think there's any better example than him being the face of it all. Then, you know, we get probably 10, 12 players a week that we talk to. He's the only one that has a backdrop behind him that has like, you know, whatever the sponsor is for that week, it could be bank of America. It could be whatever. Like whenever Dak talks, this, the, the backdrop has to be there. It always has. I, I just funny that you're just kind of like, I don't understand why this thing always has to be up here, but it's almost like you're not even talking to a person anymore. You're just talking to like a spokesperson for the team. And, and he's still a good quote. Don't get me wrong, but like at collectively on the beat, we talk about how we missed like in the locker room, how we would talk to him after. Cause what would happen is a lot of times is that Dak's locker is right next to Amari. So when Dak would get done talking, a lot of people would leave and go to Amari's. And so all the cameras would go over there. So then if you didn't want to go over there, you could sit there and hang out and talk at Dak's locker with him with like a couple other people. And a lot of times that would go on for another like 10, 15 minutes. And, and there, I don't know, there's just like a lot of good stuff there that we're just not getting now. Yeah. That's a bummer. Well, hopefully you'll get to get in there someday, but with this, all the variants it's like when is that ever going to happen but we'll see um so i want to get from you real quick before i like we didn't talk too much about this game i don't have a lot to you know say i think we kind of covered it um but what are you looking for going into saturday night um and what is your little score prediction um that's tough. Uh, and this is, this is probably one of the, the most difficult games to predict just because you just really don't know how long guys are going to be playing. And that there's that fact, the Gardner Minshew factor has to be, has to be significant there because like, I don't think he's like a top 20 quarterback, but I think he's one of the better backups. And if he's playing like, you know, he's playing for an NFL job, which most of these guys, whenever they get an opportunity, that's the way they look at it. You know, I think that because of that, the Eagles could play well. I still think the Cowboys ended up winning. Um, I don't know. I'll say something like 27 to 21. Um, but I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see this Eagles team because they're just so much different when Jalen Hurts is playing. I mean, they just – they don't – he doesn't throw a ton. You're not really that worried about his arm. It would have been a good game to kind of see where you're at after playing right after playing Kyler Murray to play another running quarterback like that, but it just doesn't seem like he's going to play. I mean, he, Jalen Hurts already has an ankle injury and they need him to be a runner And the way they're focused out there. I mean, kind of the way I look at the Cowboys, it's almost inevitable. I feel like they're going to be facing the Cardinals in Philly. They're looking at, they're going to be facing Tom Brady and, and, and the Bucs because even if they improve and they end up getting the sixth seed, I guess it's still mathematically the Bucs are probably the most likely team that they're going to play. And they have any chance to beat the Bucs 
you're going to have to have Jalen Hurts running all over the place. And so yeah. why would you put him out here for this game to get Randy Gregory rolling up on him or Demarcus Lawrence? So um, I just think because there's not a lot of stars playing, it's, it's hard to predict. But, yeah, I think I think the Cowboys end up winning. I just think it's a close game. And, you know, who knows about the railings on the sides of the – Oh, my God. Like that. So you got to protect, you gotta protect your well, <laughs> That's that, that's a Washington thing, and that is ridiculous. I mean, that it's crazy all the different uh, angles they have of of that how that all went down. And then the craziest part is that nobody got seriously hurt. I mean, uh, I mean that like just how close that railing falls to Jalen Hurts. I mean, that could have been the end of his season. It could have fell right into his knee, and and you're done because that stadium is a dump. But yeah, it's crazy. It's it's insane to me, like the way in which the Washington football team's season like hit its peak and then just torpedoed. So like stupendously, is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah. It works. Yeah. I found a word. No, they just, I don't know. It's just, they're just so poorly run. You know, I mean, I grew up around the lions. I used to think that it was an easy thing to just say the lions are the worst run team in the NFL. And then I started, covering the Cowboys and I would just start telling my friends back home like guys I'm telling you I actually found a team that's run worse than the Lions and it and I and I stick to that I, I just think it surprised me because you know I was growing up watching football in the 90s like you know Washington was one of the better teams I mean uh they beat they beat the Lions in the 91 NFC championship game went on to win the Super Bowl like I just there was a lot of respect about not only like their players but the history and everything and then obviously any Washington fan will say, yeah, well, you know what the connection is. It's obviously since Dan Snyder's purchased the team, it is, it's changed, but everything about it, I'm just like, uh, man, what a, what a dumpster fire. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sure someone, you know, they could get lucky and maybe they, they get the right quarterback or something and then get competitive again. But it's just like Washington is so poorly run and, and, and New York doesn't look like they know what they're doing either. That I just feel like, although this game doesn't mean much on Saturday night, I just feel like, What's that? Are they keeping Joe Judge? <laughs> that's that's a great question. I mean, I don't know if – I don't – that doesn't seem to be the answer. I don't think Daniel Jones is the answer. I mean, it's just – it really is shaping up to be Eagles and Cowboys to decide this division, I, I would think, for at least the next three to five years. I don't uh, think you know, unless, what the question is. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that could change it would be, like, one of these teams making some type of crazy move and getting, like, a – Russell Wilson or something that would like turn around the, I don't know. And even then I don't even know how it would happen, but that, or, you know, let's say Deshaun Watson gets cleared of, of everything he has off the field and he goes to one of those teams. I mean, maybe he could get, cause I do think he's ridiculously talented, but still, I just think there are so many other issues with both those teams that it's just like, it just, I feel like it's Cowboys Eagles. And, and there's just been a lot of games late in the year where like, they really haven't mattered that much between the Cowboys and Eagles, whether it be because one team was playing better than the other, or just, it didn't factor in the playoff seedings. But like, to me, this is the clear cut Cowboys rival right now. So speaking of which we are playing them and then we're both going on to play some playoff games. Uh, who do you think each team is facing? I know you said likely the Bucks. Is there, and we're going to likely play the cards. Are there any alternate scenarios that we need to keep an eye out for? Oh yeah. I mean, there's still a chance that, I mean, the Cowboys could still technically get, get, get up to the two seed. I mean, it's, it's unlikely. I mean, they would need uh, Tampa to lose and they would need uh, uh, the Rams to lose. Um, I mean, and which isn't impossible. 
Um, but I don't think it's very likely. So I, I feel like the most likely scenario is the Cardinals, uh, but there's still a chance that it could end up being the Rams. Um, I personally believe if you're a Cowboys fan, you should, you should want them to play the Cardinals. There's something to be said for having a, a team beat you twice in three weeks. Like it just in, in your building, like I, I like the Cowboys chances a lot in that game in a rematch, uh, especially because of uh, when I was walking to the locker room after the game, I walked by Deandre Hopkins and he was still on crutches. And I was like, this guy's not going to be back in like two weeks. And, and I had heard about a month or two ago that the hope was that Deandre Hopkins could be back in the playoffs, but it looks like it's more of like, if they made it to the NFC championship game of the super bowl, that's the one player that would, would scare me if I was a Cowboys fan is because Deandre Hopkins is such a, a freak that him alone could just completely change a game. But I don't think Deandre Hopkins is playing in that game. I think most of the same guys you saw the other day play against the Cowboys are going to be the same ones you see in that rematch. And I, I, I don't know. I kind of like that. Cause I look at the Rams and although I do like what Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons and Marcus Lawrence could do against Matthew Stafford, because he's a, you know, not a mobile quarterback. I also see on the other side of the ball, Von Miller and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey being able to like wreck the game. And so for me personally, if I was a Cowboys fan, I would say you'd want to play the Cardinals again. And I don't know. That seems like that's the most likely scenario. Are we most likely to play at home? Are we, are we going? On? Yeah. Yeah. The first round game. For sure. No, the first round game they've are. Yeah. The first round game will definitely be uh, at AT&T stadium. Uh, if they were able to get up to the two seed, then they would be able to get their, their first two games at home. But as it sits right now, the likely scenario is that they will be in the four spot. So they'll host the Cardinals. And then if they win that game, then they'll have to go to Lambeau field and play the Packers. So obviously that's not ideal, but that just, that's the way it's that. I mean, that's just the way it's going to go. I mean, that would just be the ultimate revenge game if, it, if we made it there. So, I mean, at this point, as a Cowboys fan, I just have to sit back and just let it happen. I, uh, I kind of realized the other day that I've been to every single loss this season in person. <laughs> and like, I was like, no one can really hurt my feelings anymore. Like, I just get all hyped up and, like, watch them lose. I did see win, too, so don't come at me. But... <laughs> I was like, it's it's gonna be hard for these. Yeah, guys so let's ride. Let's do the crazy stuff. Let's do the hard part. Well, so then there's no chance that you would go up to Lambo then if they if they made it to the second round. I for my mental health, probably not. <laughs> but I did um I did buy a flight to LA. So we'll see if I take it or not. Oh, that's right. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, you might not need it. They might they might not be able to have the Super Bowl there, and they might have to have it at AT and T Stadium. So uh, okay, you might I'm not need to even fly out there. Flight credits. I'm fine with it. I was like, I'm gonna if 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 we do go all the way, I want to have like at least a chance of like being there. So I was like, I'm gonna get them while they're really yeah. Um. Okay. So. Yeah. Oh yeah. Go ahead. Oh no! I was just gonna say that. I mean, Cowboys fans don't want to hear this, but. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, yeah, he's been a pain in their ass for a long time, but I mean, I just don't, I don't look at any team in the NFC, including the Packers as like, ah, good luck. You're going to have to play the perfect game to beat them. Like they can beat the Packers. I mean, if they beat the Cardinals, they'll, they'll have some good mojo coming out of that game. Mike McCarthy going up back up to green Bay. Uh, clearly that'll be the big storyline and you know, them not being able to get past the Packers. So, um, I don't know. It, it, I obviously a lot of it will hinge on, on the way the Cowboys are playing. If they're, if they're running games back or not, cause you're obviously going to have to run the ball in that, in that cold weather up there. But 
Um, I don't look at Cowboys Packers at Lambeau is just like, well, good. Well, they're not going to win that game. Like I, I, there's not one team uh, that is in the NFL that hasn't really laid an egg at some point this season to where you're just like, man, that team did that. I mean, they one of the reasons why I was so stunned after what's that? Oh, they laid an egg their first game. Did they not? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, the one I keep going back to and the reason why there's just no way possible that I could pick the Cardinals beat the Cowboys last week is because the Cardinals went to Detroit and lost. I was just like that. That made no sense to me. I just, I couldn't believe that, 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 that happened. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's looking a little bit farther down the road, but I just, I know most Cowboys fans are like, Oh, we don't want to have to play the Packers, but I don't know. I kind of feel like that just was going to be inevitable to win a Super Bowl. You're going to have to go through green Bay. Oh, <coughs> you were with us at the beginning of the year and, uh, also mid season for a progress report. Um, when you, when we started the season, you were looking at like, uh, seven wins when we, uh, met right. again in the pro- for progress report, you were looking at 11. So are we going to get 11 or 12, John, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, since I said 11 earlier, I'm going to stick with that. Uh, no, no, no. I think they'll end up getting to 12. No, but it's just funny because you say that in the, in the very first thing I thought of is just like Dan Quinn and Micah Parsons. That's what changed everything because I, when I was saying seven wins or eight wins, whatever it was earlier on, it was always because I just could not believe that this defense would, would get to the level that it's gotten to that. I, I just didn't think it was going to be possible one off season just because of how bad they were last year, that they were going to be able to turn that around. And they did and, and credit to them. But uh, it's funny too, because you just assume that, well, if the offense stays healthy, they'll be playing amazing ball and, and they'll be good to go. And, and they've actually been the issue and, and the defense has been the strength, which is just, I never would have believed uh, when we first did that first podcast that I would even be saying that this time of year. <laughs> uh, what was your uh, highlight of the year and what was your low light of the year? Oh, that's a good question. I like this. Uh, <laughs> let me see. That is good. Low light. I mean, I wish I could give you one play, but I feel like it was the entire Denver game. Like I just, I, I, that Denver team is not, they, not only should they not have won the game, they should not have played like that. Uh, that any part of that Denver game is, is the low light. Um, the highlight. And at the time I know people, it's going to be different for everybody, but if most people that know me well know how high I put, uh, Bill Belichick, like he is like at the top, like, I just think he is just a, you know, a football genius. I think he's the greatest coach of all time. So when they won in new England, even though new England wasn't rolling at the time, I just knew that that was a huge win to be able to go there and then to win in overtime like that. It was, you know, just a really good game. Uh, obviously Dak ended up getting hurt on, on the last play, but just taking that last play to throw to CD that that was one of those games where you're just like, oh, this team's got something here. This 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 is this could be something like, which was hard to say coming off of last year, which is how everything seemed to go wrong for them. You know, going in the bye like that, uh, yeah, that that was probably the high the high moment right there. And and honestly, even even the following after the bye week, for them to be able to get a win in Minnesota, where I mean, Aaron Rodgers lost in Minnesota this year, but they were able to do it with Cooper Rush. So somewhere in there. That, 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 that was when everyone was talking like, this is Cowboys team could be a Super Bowl team. Now, obviously this back end uh, hasn't been as great, but yeah, highlight is probably, is probably that New England game for me. 
I'm literally, that, those are exactly mine. Because <laughs> I was at that Denver game and we were just high on our own supply before the game. And we had everybody at the tailgate, we, like tons of friends, family, all that good stuff. And we were just like, our one Denver fan friend was there. We we're just like, sorry, you chose <laughs> to go to this game. It's going to suck for you. And then we sat yeah. down and I was like, oh my God, who is this team? <laughs> yeah. And, and watching that game, I was just, I was always like, I had almost like the same feeling I did against Arizona last week where I was like, at any point they can turn this on and win this game. And they just never turned it on. They just never got it going. And, and that's, that's the, probably the most disheartening part is that you've got everybody healthy, obviously before the Michael Gallup injury, like there's no reason that they should have been playing on offense the way that they were uh, obviously throughout the Denver game, but, but last week against Arizona as well. Um, and so it remains to be seen if they can kind of get that going and, and, and get it clicking uh, as they enter the playoffs. I, I certainly would have thought by now that it would have worked. I thought it was coming together uh, in that Washington game. Uh, but then again, it just looks like, well, Washington was just playing on short rest and they're not a very good team. So that's why that happened. But um, yeah. Yep. Well, we'll see how uh, this Saturday shakes out. Sorry, my dog is getting in my face. Uh, she's like, when are we going on a walk, mom? <laughs> um, we'll see how it all shakes out on Saturday. Um, John, let the people know where they can find you and what you have coming up. Yeah, on Twitter for sure, uh, at John Machota, so J-O-N-M-A-C-H-O-T-A. Uh, I post all my stories there probably too many times, uh, at least three or four times every time I post a story. So, uh, <laughs> But I'm always tweeting all the time, uh, and it's almost always cowboy stuff. You know, I mean, I'll throw in a, you know, last night, you know, a Dirk tweet or something like that, but I'd say 99% of my tweets are cowboy stuff. So um, that, and then obviously – uh, <laughs> I try, I try, you know, that's, that was kind of my thing. It was like, when I got on the beat, I was kind of like, okay, how can I differentiate myself from like the rest of these writers? And in a way, um, you know, I, I feel like that's having social media, I think has been huge, uh, a benefit to me. And then obviously our, our good friend, David Hellman, like, um, you know, when we started out on the beat, we, you know, we had like, I don't know, 5,000 followers or something like that. And it was like, you know, if we can kind of just show our personality through this, and, and, you know, put out these quotes and these things like this, like maybe we can build, you know, our followings like that. And, and obviously when the team wins, that helps big time. Um, oh, yeah. So for that purposes, you hope, you hope they have a long playoff run. I've always said that I look at other people's followings that like, you know, they cover like the Eagles or the Patriots, stuff like that. I'm just, I always say to Dave, like, man, this team made a Super Bowl run. Do you know what that would do for a Twitter following? <laughs> <laughs> well, you you have so many followers. One, we have crazy Cowboys fans out there, but two, you're just a joy to follow along with. So everyone can go follow John on Twitter. Um, and then you can find us, uh, usually me and Kelsey, every Friday here on Blogging the Boys Network. We've got podcasts and content for you each and every day. So make sure you subscribe and join us anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can find me at, uh, at Meg Murray with four R's on Twitter and Instagram. I'll hopefully have Kelsey back with me next week and we'll talk more about that playoff picture. As always, John, you know what I'm going to do, right? Well, yeah, and it works perfectly with this game. Exactly. Dallas forever, Philly for never. Birds are not real. 